Hello and welcome to the podcast series Raw Talent with me Fiona Abrahams where I'm deep diving behind the scenes into the careers, aspirations and inspiration of the many skills and talented individuals who enable the fashion and creative industries to feed our passion for clothing and product. Throughout this podcast series I will be reaching out to the global community, exploring the industry through their eyes, asking people to share insights about the work they do, how they got started, their most compelling experiences, the trials and tribulations they have faced and overcome, who they have met along the way, the lasting friendships formed, the part culture plays in the work they do, and their thoughts on their futures and the future of the industry as we navigate the coronavirus pandemic. We first started working with Rafa back in 2014 when the brand was starting to scale. We were tasked by the then CEO with finding a production manager and set a very specific brief resulting in a successful hire. Fast forward three years and Ashley Mars joined the HR team and is my guest today on Raw Talent. Here to inspire us with his bird's eye view from inside the cycling revolution, which has been gripping our screens, streets and outdoor spaces and is being championed by the UK government who are on a mission to promote healthy, active lifestyles by improving road safety for cyclists. Amsterdam is coming to the UK. One of the questions I will be asking is how will sports brands evolve in a world where measurable social and environmental impact and sustainability are becoming ever more important? And are Rafa already blazing this trail through their Rafa Foundation and custom range initiatives? Ashley, it's lovely to have you here today. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Thank you very much for uh, having me on. My pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. It's great to have you. So we're going to yeah. kick off by um, sharing with everybody how we met. Um, that's always my opening question. Um, how did we meet? Yeah, when you um, <laughs> when you invited, sent me the invite to, to come onto the podcast, I was trying to to think about that and um I joined Rafa in November 2017 yeah. um and you're a long-standing uh, recruitment partner of Rafa um, so I think quite quickly we began working on some roles together I think um, did. mainly in the yeah product development area yeah um, I think so which is notoriously difficult in sportswear to, to, to fill so you've, we've, we've given you some challenging briefs but you've you have uh, <laughs> You've, uh, you've often delivered, so that's why we can uh, continue working, uh, yeah. working today. Yes, we find we pull rabbits out of hats for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's true. Yeah, absolutely. So tell, let's tell everybody where did you grow up and what was the driving force at the start of your career and how has that kind of evolved? Yeah, so I actually grew up um, kind of in between Blackpool and Preston in, okay. in Lancashire. Yeah, uh, and I spent all my time up there whilst I was whilst I was at school. Um, I was actually at the same school for um, for sixteen years, um, so a, a long time to be at one place. Uh, yeah. And I had a very fortunate ed- education, which I'm which I'm very grateful for. Um, and then I, I went to uh, university in York uh, and had a, a great great three years um, at, at university there. Um, 
and then I moved down to, to London um, for work for my, for my first job from there. Um, what was your first job? It, uh, my first job was actually in a very different um, industry and role. Uh, okay. So when I was at university in my final year, I thought that I wanted to go into finance and okay. specifically in insurance. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, so I went, I spent a year working in insurance as part of the, the Lloyd's market. Yeah. Um, and I realised it wasn't quite the industry for me. Um, okay. Great industri- industry, um, but it wasn't for me. So I made the decision to, to move on. Um, oh. And that's how I ended up uh, working, at, working at Rafa. Okay. Um, which, which I definitely wouldn't look back on back on now. It's the best decision that I, that I ever, ever made to... Um, brave decision as well because I I see through what we do so many people study things at university and then just go I don't want to do this I don't want to be in that industry and you know sort of make take leaps of faith and then follow their passion for what they think they want to do so it's really good to hear you say this and to see it play out yeah yeah I think that's right and I think and it was quite a decision it's a decision that I made quite early on in the career. I'd only been in, in, in insurance for, for a year, um, but I'd always had an interest in, in cycling. I've always been a cyclist and rapper right. um, specifically. Um, and when I was at university, I, I had a chat with um, Ian, who's now my manager and head of people and culture at Rafa, about yeah. any potential opportunities that, that there might be at, at Rafa. And... The, there wasn't any at the time, so I went off to insurance, and then a year came around insurance, and I thought, I'm not. Someone said to me, "If you're not happy in the career, then make make the change." So I took a look at what I was doing, thought, "I'm not happy, so let's let's do something about it." So I reached out to Ian again about any other opportunities again, and we had a good chat uh, just about what I've been up to since we last spoke, and uh, he mentioned about a people and culture role to me, um, and I thought I'd never really thought of a career in HR or people and culture. Um, at the time, people and culture, that was a new term to me. Um, yeah. So I went away, did some research about a, a career in HR, came back and thought, no, this is what I want to do. I can really see myself um, in this in this career. Uh, and then, yeah, here I am. Here I am today, uh, three three years on, years having later. been at Rafa for that, that time. So Amazing. And I think that answers the question as to whether you've actively guided your career trajectory or reacted to opportunities in the market. And I think it's good that you have actively, that we have an example of someone who's actively guided it because lots of the people I've spoken to have reacted to opportunities in the market. So it's interesting to see what happens when someone just goes, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's right. And I think, um, yeah, I was I was fortunate at the time that there was the opportunity to there to be able to consider, yeah. um, but it was definitely a a, a a long, hard think and a conscious decision to conscious to decision. make that to yeah. make that move. Um, Amazing, that's really interesting. And so far, sort of with your three years on the people side of things, um, what have been the major learnings from your experience? Would you say? Yeah, I think there's there's been there's been so many. It's definitely been a really eye-opening ex- experience to to work at Rafa. I've, I've joined at times where there's been um, there's been changes over the past few years with with the business, and more recently yes. we've seen as we're going to come on to. I imagine the, the yeah. growth that we're, we're having now. But um, 
yeah, the, the learnings for me are just kind of to take all the opportunities that are there in front of you. Um, and just uh, for me personally, I just want to learn as much as possible. Learn um, and embrace. Yeah, le- yeah, when opportunities come along to, yes. to take them, um, to try not to, say, to say, never say no to, to things uh, and just see what comes of it. Um, That's yeah, Rafa advice. would say, yeah, it's about like finding, finding our own road. Uh, in what in what we do and at Rafa for sure there's definitely um, an amazing career to be made if you're driven and determined um, to move to move forward. Fantastic that's really great and um, sort of working um, in an HR capacity how do you manage the expectations of the decision makers that you're liaising with on a regular basis because I imagine you're often briefed on things that sometimes are achievable or sometimes you come up against obstacles um, that maybe they might not know or be aware of. How do you manage expectations when those things happen? Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is definitely something I come across on a daily basis and right. something that I was experiencing very early on in my time at Rafa, especially yeah. working in, in a HR role. You, you work with all different levels of, of the business Absolutely. Um, right the way from from new starters who could be more junior members of stuff all the way up to senior managers and at Rafa being um, a smaller company uh, in, in terms of the number of people you can be regularly work, working with the leadership team as well yes. um, so it's really important that you're managing um, managing expectations um, and I think the one of the most important things is just to be open open and honest um with people um when you're asked for a, a request like you say it could be something more more challenging um just to be open with um what what you can what you can achieve in the time frame uh and and that's just the best way to best way to manage um i think it's definitely i think it's the number one thing in work isn't it it's about managing um managing expectations yeah. um and how sure. does that, yeah, and how does that go hand in hand with um, sort of your observations on the most effective way to be influential? Because I think influence is also another really crucial element of um, collaborative working. How do you think those two fit together? Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Like, I think, yeah, being influential is is, is so important in, in work. And, um, and for me, I think the number one thing is, about the relationship building, um, right. to, to have relationships with, with people who you're trying to influence and having that rapport um, is so important before kind of bulldozing in with, with big ideas, <laughs> trying to change things. So, yeah, um, yeah I think next revolution, that. just hold the next revolution for the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get, get, get that rapport going, build, build those yeah. relationships. Um, and I think, I think confidence in the right way is, is really important as well, I think. Yeah. Um, to have confidence in your ideas um, and be able to convey those in in a good way to the people that you're working with um, and having some good knowledge and experience to draw upon um, can really help influence people and bring people on the journey with you. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's, Absolutely, it's, it's, taking people on the journey. It's the engagement, yeah. very much yeah. so. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what I see on there. On a, on a daily daily basis and you're learning yeah. it every day aren't you how to you're learning to every day yeah. yeah we're all learning every day there's always new things and new ways of doing something 
So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's it's crucial and important. And um, but it's something that I, I enjoy, isn't it? I, I enjoy doing yeah. um, working with oh, people, being able to influence, learning from other people. Um, and then you use that experience in other ways and different situations and scenarios and yeah. in, in other cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we've seen a dramatic growth and interest in competitive and leisure based cycling in the last five years, kind of now veering into the whole industry side of it. Um, how is this evolving for Rafa? I mean, I've been on this journey with you guys and I've seen how the brand has evolved from when we first came on board at that very beginning of when it was first really scaling um, yeah. to where it is now. So I think it'd be very interesting for people to understand um, kind of how things are evolving for you, particularly with the impact of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. Things have evolved um, in ways that at the start of the year we've never been able to expect. Um, not not just from the pandemic, but but for cycling um, specifically. Um, yes. And I think cycling experienced quite a few booms over the over the years. If you yes. think back to any any Olympics games that there's been, um, Rio or London, um, whenever there's an Olympics uh, and Team GB do amazingly well in the Olympics. It creates a spark and in interest in, in cycling. Um, and Bradley Wiggins winning the Tour de France, Grant Thomas winning the Tour de France, all of these things help. Um, and we're seeing another boom in cycling now, which is in, in for a different different reason, a reason that we've not um, had before. Never a, of. Yeah. yeah, a global pandemic, which global has sparked pandemic. an interest in, in cycling. So... Um, for, for, for Rafa specifically, I think we, we feel very fortunate for how the last few months have, have panned out for us. Um, we are in the, the retail e-commerce space and um, lots of different businesses are experiencing different different things. Um, and we do feel fortunate for um, how it's been for, for us. But on a, on a weekly basis, we've been experiencing or seeing um, thousands of new customers um, come and shop shop with Rafa. Interesting. Um, online or physically as well as physically? What's the split? Uh, like? Mainly mainly online yeah. uh, because um, so we, we have 21 clubhouses which are yeah. our retail stores um, yeah. around around the globe uh, and many of these did have to close, to close. During, during the pandemic. Different times in different countries and depending on what restrictions were. Um, a couple did actually manage to stay open in, in Asia. Wow. Um, but yeah, most of the, um, the new customers have come through our online channels. Um, and that's been amazing to see customers that we um, didn't expect to have. Uh, and and we, we think and we hope that they'll be with us um, for, for a long time now. Um, and what we're, we're moving in. Sorry, yeah. I mean, I find that really, I, I, I'm not surprised to hear that. I find that really interesting. In terms of the demographic of the customers, do you have any intelligence on kind of what age ranges, what capabilities? Uh, I, I don't personally. Um, I, I, wish I, I wish I did because um, I'm sure it'd be, it'd be very interesting. To see um, the mixes, yeah. Yeah, I think... So we have various different ranges of, of products yes, at Rafa, from um, commuter to core to classic to pro team. Uh, and it's, what, what we're seeing is a lot of our um, 
our core products, not as in the range, but as in just our baseline products of um, bib shorts and jerseys are, are selling really well. Um, just uh, a black pair of bib shorts, um, which are for, for Rafa, it's kind of our bread and butter. Um, it's what a lot of our research, our time, our design goes into. Um, have just been selling amazingly. Um, so, yeah, I can I can definitely maybe again share in the future share some uh, insights into the demographics and who, where, yeah. who those customers are. Um, yeah, but that's telling. That's telling in itself, though, isn't it? That um, it's the it's the core range that's that's got the uptake. So where people are coming, so they're obviously looking for good quality investment pieces that you know they're going to buy, and they're going to be it'll sustain them on their in their cycling mission. And I always think I'm a cyclist myself, and I know if I'm if I've got all the kit and caboodle. And not the spiders from the shed. Do you remember that story I told you about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said, yeah, that was great bike. to hear. Yeah. yeah, the bike had been in the shed for like three years, and I had never gone in there. It was so bad. I can't tell you. Yeah, like you're not the shed. only one, I'm sure. Oh, it was like the haunted shed. I don't even know how I actually even got the bike out. To be honest with you, it was so bad. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I know myself. When you've got all the kit to go with something, you it it motivates you. So. <laughs> yeah like oh i've invested in that i need to i need to use the bike <laughs> yeah no no you're, yeah you're completely right and i think um especially for cycling it's it's a sport where you can spend well you can spend hours on your bike you can spend um, hours. so 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 to have um the, the the good kit um just certainly helps with the enjoyment side of it um yeah. as, as well um and, and we know that more people are going to be commuting by bike. So we've got ranges which are designed specifically for commuters, um, yeah. commuter rain jackets, lightweight jackets for commuters for the for the for the summer months. Um, and they've Perfect. all just been doing um, amazingly. And hopefully, lots of people will see them out on the the streets of of London and cities um, around around the world. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think yeah it's uh it's really good to see people embracing this and have you experienced uh, a change in demand across sort of pro sport and consumer products through this period have you seen a difference uh yeah i think we've i think it just kind of goes back just to seeing kind of the, the new customers that were that we're seeing coming coming across through the board. yeah across across the board i think um yeah, the past few months have just been have been really successful, um, and I think we're excited now to go into um, was just kind of kicking off our next season, our um, autumn winter um, season products. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those new customers uh, and our existing customer base and everything oh. moves moves through into that, and uh, hopefully yeah. even as. As the, as the nights draw in and it gets a bit colder, hopefully people are still inspired to get out there on their bikes because there's so many reasons to um, to, to get out there and experience um, time the out on, air, the, on the road in the fresh air. Yeah, just to be out on the road in the fresh air and just to be, if you've got the right kit on and you've got, you know, warm enough layers, then cycling is a pleasure in any weather. So yeah. it's just about the equipment, really. You're as good as the as the kit that you're wearing, aren't you? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think some of the best rides that I've that I've had personally are 
when it might be the colder weather and it's one of those autumn or winter mornings and you think it's too cold to go out but it's bright and sunny and you get out there wrapped up and um like even from from london you can be fortunate to ride out into some um nice country lanes in in less than um in about 40 minutes riding um Easily. and to be able to experience that experience that is is, is brilliant Absolutely, easily. I mean, I live in Ealing, as you know, and um, I live on a road where we've been currently locked locked down on both ends. The council have gone on this mad mission to make the whole of Ealing cycling friendly. So we now can't get out either end of our road, which is very interesting. It's caused oh, gosh, yeah. a huge nightmare for everybody. Yeah. Um, but this used to be a massive cut through. So now you're just seeing people going up and down on their bikes. <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah well, I think really interesting. That's yeah, that's great to see. And I think it's it's um the, the, the government investment and um is, is a huge help. Um definitely. Not, and hopefully it can change um some habits of of, of people just to um encourage them yeah. to think to get on, on their bike or not get in the car. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah absolutely um yeah no i think it'll be really interesting to see that we've partnered on a few projects over the years what has been the operational impact of the pandemic on the business um because you have a strong cycling community culture threaded through rafa and i'm sort of conscious that you guys have a very specific culture within your office environment um, you do your cycling on a Wednesday. How was that? How have you been impacted by this? Yeah, so I think there's a bit, yeah, there's a few things here, kind of from a business perspective, and then um, like you say in, internally within within Rafa. So um, at, at the start of the year, um, before we knew COVID was on on the horizon, we had some clear business objectives, like many businesses um, will have. They'll go out the window. And then, yeah, and then February, <laughs> March came um, and, and COVID hit and, and we had to change those. And yeah. um, for, for Rafa specifically, from a, the, the impact on the business is that we, we at the start of the pandemic, we, we, we realigned and set some new clear um, objectives, um, which were just to see us through, um, through the, the, the pandemic. Um, and, and this has been really important to, to, to guide us um, commercially and financially uh, over the past few few months. Um, of course. And have you had to, with all your new customers that have come on board, have you then also had to increase production in certain areas? Yeah, there's been the, the, the supply chain um, and sourcing teams have, have had to work really hard to be able to yeah. to adapt and bring in um, bring in products. That, yeah, that that were that were maybe um due to be shipped further down the line but get them into the fact get them into the uh the warehouses um sooner so there's yeah team all teams across Rafa have had to react in, in in ways that they didn't um didn't expect and especially the, the people and culture team um and, and one of the things that you mentioned about the community and that's a huge part of, of Rafa is, is our community um both internally and, and externally Absolutely. Um, with, with our stuff and employees and with our customers and it, it's one of the biggest things that we've that we've seen that we've missed not being together in the office yes. um and 
we, yeah, we have such a strong sense of community. Um, so that's been really important for, for, for the people and culture team to, to try and um, really regain that sense or keep it, keep it going. Keep so, and, and, going. How have you done that? Uh, I think communication for sure has been um, one, of, one of the biggest things, uh, kind of f- from straight away from working from home. Um, we've had communication from our leadership team. So at the start, they were communicating on a, a daily basis. Um, we opened up a, a question form um, where um, employees could type out any questions they wanted to us, DLT, and they were answering them on a daily basis. And that's been incredibly valued by all of our staff to have that direct line to the most senior people in the business. And that's been really that. well well received. Do you think that's then, something that you might carry on having seen that yeah, success of that? Yeah. That you, yeah, because I think people, I know from the feedback I get when I'm working on recruitment projects, one of the things that um, demoralizes employees is not being heard people want to be involved and they want to be part of the conversation yeah you hear yeah, that yeah. well yeah we we do and it, it's 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 so true um so it's definitely part of the the new normal that will carry through um we're, we're communicating okay. kind of on a, a weekly basis now through through the lt um but that's so important and small, smaller things as well like for example um in our office um we have uh, we've got the, the coffee machine where you can uh, I don't if, if you've been to Imperial Works where we've got the barista yeah, yeah, making yeah. coffee all day times. and um, <laughs> just kind of standing in the coffee queue for five minutes yeah. uh, is a big part of just chatting to someone from a different team that you didn't you didn't uh, maybe wouldn't um, chat chat to so we set up um, some kitchen sessions uh, virtually um, and Simon Mottram our CEO he had yeah. some designated times where he'd be in the kitchen so anyone globally all so people especially in in clubhouses who were maybe on furloughs or that that weren't working uh, or anyone could just drop in see someone else from another team chat to Simon our CEO um, and just small things like that have been so important just for keeping us uh, keeping us connected that's um, brilliant that's such a clever idea I think that's that's really great and what's going to happen with the office going forward are you sort of going to go into it in a staggered way how have you decided to manage that yeah so we've we've taken a really careful and considered approach to the return we've done a, a phase return which started um back in June yeah uh, so uh, as you'll be aware we've we've and um, we've got teams that kind of need to be in the office. Um, of our product designers, our developers, our Always atelier need to be in the products. Yeah, um, yeah. So we needed to prioritize space for those those guys to be in the office and they've been able to do that since since June. Um, and we also had, um, we also made some sanctuary desks as well for people whose home office or home working setup might not be, uh, might not be uh, working scratch. for them. Um, yeah. So they've been able to access the office as well. And now then, since June, we've been doing a phased return uh, and it's now currently open to all, all teams at a reduced capacity. So, and we're really keen to get people back together in a safe way because um, we're all about like collaboration and community and um, being able to do that is, is so important. Um, yeah. But we also see like into the future as well of what, 
the, the future state of the office is going to look like and yeah. um, like rethinking how we how we use the space to its best potential and what it needs to be used for, what it doesn't need to be used for. And that's, that's so it's, it's opened our eyes. What have you determined? What have you determined through what it does and doesn't need to be used for? Anything that you can share? Uh, I think maybe what a lot of businesses experience is that do, do certain people need to be sat at their desk for five days a week? Um, right. Which I think a lot of, a lot of people have... have um, discovered they don't. Yeah, discovered that, uh, which is which is great. So um and we've kind of said that from the community aspect it's really important that it's used for that at times that we need to come together as a team uh, as, as a business um so to, to have more spaces where we can take more people um for those times of collaboration and, and things is, is what's going to be important going going forward that's really good and what about your wednesday, your wednesday morning cycle rides yeah i'm um I'm glad that you kind of asked, asking, <laughs> asking about this. Um, just just for people that don't, anyone who's listening that, that don't know, um, at Rafa we have a really unique benefit that you can uh, basically take the wen- a Wednesday morning off um, to ride your bike. And uh, it, it's been a benefit at Rafa since the day we were founded. It's the beginning. Yeah, Simon Mottram is, yeah, is yeah, really yeah. keen on those. He's always out on a Wednesday. Um, but it, it's much more than just some free time to ride your bike it's 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 really important to um our culture and what's unique um to us uh, and it's about being connected to the sports being able to spend time with your colleagues away from the desk and um and uh, and all of that so cycling and bonding at the same time it just enforces the ethos of what raf is about doesn't it yeah yeah that, that's completely right so over lockdown we did have to see pause wednesday rides for for a while um but then we we've relaunched it uh recently and we've kind of revamped it into a new way as well so um we we now have uh for for the london office and the guys in in london we've got um some ride leaders who are people from the office who are giving up their own time to be able to lead and organize rides from different points around london and for different abilities so that staff know there's always a good ride going out nice. um, which is working really well that people and it allows people to meet other people from from outside the office and a brilliant um, idea to arrange it by ability level because i think that's also a really good way of, it, of engaging people yes yeah that's right and i think that's so important because we yeah um it, we're not just all elite cyclists at rafa far from no. it um we, have, we want you don't have to be an elite cyclist at all. We want people to come on who are... You want people like me who like poodle about on the bike. And yeah, that's, that's perfect. Pl- yeah. You know, plodding. I plod. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that is, that is, uh, is perfect. I think there's lots of people who, who can just enjoy doing that. Um, and we have lots of people at Rafa and we have um, some sessions called Getting Started, uh, which kind of take people on that journey of building up their confidence, ability to be out on the road um but yeah also with with our wednesday rides we've we've launched kind of a new cultural award as as part of it um so it's actually called the um the marguerite award uh, which is named after um an old cyclist called um marguerite wilson uh and the the award is all about celebrating times that we spend on the bike so we have a hashtag called hashtag rafa wednesdays and stuff from across Rafa 
not just in London, but all of our clubhouses, our regional stuff, are encouraged to share photos of them spending time on their bikes with their colleagues using the hashtag Rafa Wednesdays. So anyone listening, I encourage you to take a look at that and you'll kind of see what it's, what it's like to be, um, to, to work at Rafa. Uh, and, and then we select, we're, um, actually next week, we're going to have an award ceremony for um, the Marguerite Awards. Uh, and we're going to select the, the, the winners um, for the best stories and the best photos about riding with each other. Uh, and then they'll be presented with a, a cap, which symbolizes um, what it's about to ride them together, together at Rafa. That's so lovely. it's That's another lovely. unique, unique thing about kind of about our culture and what it, what it means to work, to work at Rafa. Definitely. And I think that's so brilliant that you do that because it just infuses um, the whole, um, the beauty of cycling, the spirit of cycling through the business, which is what it's all about. It's about living and breathing it. So yeah. amazing. What's been your best career experience so far? Yeah, I think in in a strange way, I would probably say the past few months, really? um, which I think a lot of people wouldn't say that, and I'm fortunate that I can that I can say that. Is that because um, of the challenge it's presented? Yeah, I think yeah, it definitely the challenge, and just yeah, back in March it was completely new and the unknown. Yeah, um, like the word furlough, no, I'd never even heard. Everyone of that knew word. what that was. No one knew that was. Everyone got um, onto Google to find out what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just even things like furlough about having to. To, to learn about that uh, or what it is, the, the legal implications of it, the, all the process, but then also everything from remote working, um, I was saying about the communications. And uh, there's been so many opportunities over the past few months um, to, which have been new and had to learn about uh, and apply past experience um, as well. Um, so, yeah, in a strange way, I, I think the past few months have been very interesting and have certainly um in, in HR haven't been been quiet by it by any means so mm, very interesting what has been your scariest experience but one that provided um great learning yeah I was I was I was trying to think about this and again I feel fortunate and I hope listeners don't think that I've just kind of been very very lucky and both, <laughs> yeah but I don't feel I've had any no scary many, experiences. Too, no, well, part maybe my every, every week when I have a one-to-one with uh, with Ian. Um, that's no, he's no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, he's not scary. At all. He's like the loveliest person on the planet. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm I'm definitely joking when I, when I said that. Um, but you must have a scary experience. What about in the insurance days? Yeah, well, probably not too much that I kind of want to um, say publicly. But that's that's <laughs> what I was going to say that. Um, probably the time in, in, in insurance, um, yeah. thinking, what have I come into here? Oh, um, that would be a good one. That's a good example. This, yeah, it was, and I suppose the kind of the summary of that is expectation versus reality. Um, yes. My expectation of what I thought that industry w- was going to be. What did you think um, it was going to be? Uh I've got to be careful. So I don't want to. I think it's it is it's a good industry. Yeah, in a diplomatic way. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that it was kind of. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot more innovative and first pace than it okay. than it was. 
That makes um, sense. And you probably and found it was bogged down with red tape and bureaucracy. Yes, yeah, that's right. And I think yeah, uh, it, I it's, it's built on hundreds of years of history. Uh, yes. And there are, there are lots of, of the industry that are, are still kind of... Um, Stuck in that haven't, era. ...haven't developed as quickly yeah. as, as it maybe should should have. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, that, that's... It was, it was definitely interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I hope I've kind of not put my foot in anything there. No, um, and I think it's really good. You know, it's good if anyone is listening from that industry because perhaps it's a jolt for the industry to sort of think about how they can improve things. Um, you know, we all have insurances with multiple organisations, particularly if you... Um, own a place or you have a car um, or even if you rent um, and it, it can be extremely frustrating when I I happen to be a, um, a freeholder of the property I'm in and trying to do freeholding insurance is beyond a nightmare yeah. it's, it just stays with the same company and I negotiate with them every year because there's no possibility of moving it because the industry the way that it's shaped makes it completely impossible yeah <laughs> I just I just negotiate and they're used to it and we just have a hilarious conversation once a year and that's it done yeah exactly yeah so <laughs> I, I'm glad you can kind of relate to relate to that yeah it is funny so um what would you say are the personality traits that are most important to your work and the culture at Rafa that's a good question isn't it <laughs> yes yeah no it is um uh, yeah it's a, it's a very good question and I think um, I think yeah, on a few things. So, like, say on a personal note, and then kind of uh, at Rafa. So, in HR, I think the, the most important personality trait is just anything kind of around um, emotional in- intelligence. Yes, um, I you might say that. That's yeah, it's probably, <laughs> yeah, maybe a common a common answer. But it shows how well, how important it's. It's not actually, funnily enough, but I think that's why um, you and I and us and Rafa get on well because I think for me and what I'm about, it is emotional intelligence. And I believe it's what a lot of people are about within the creative industries, but we don't always see that from a corporate perspective. I think it's often lacking dramatically. Um, So the fact that that's a priority for you guys um, sets you apart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're completely right. And I think, um, and I think as well, it's just in, in HR is just, being constantly um inquisitive and wanting to know more and i think one of the things that i love about hr is just being close to so many different parts of parts of the business and like some of the the teams and managers that i partner with are from from retail or it or finance or product development um and creative and the the managers at those levels uh, in those teams are so many different personality types absolutely Um, so it's been able to 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 work with those different different people and wanting to know about their business areas because I I don't need to be a a finance expert to uh, for HR but to have a good understanding of what those teams do and what their objectives are um, is so important and kind of just more on like a a Rafa level some some listeners may have may have seen this on on our website if you've done any research on, on Rafa or looked at Rafa. But uh, a couple of years ago, we we launched our Rafa Behaviors, um, which was a new behavioural framework and competency framework, um, and it's kind of an evolution of our 
of our values, like the four values of, of Rafa have, have been um, around since we were, we were first established. What are um, those? Let's tell everyone. Yeah, so they are um, love the sport, um, inspire, inspire others, uh, suffer uh, and think for yourself. Um, so all very powerful values. Um, but from, uh, from, from a people perspective and being able to, to coach and influence those values um, was maybe it needed a little bit of translation and which is where our behaviours um, come in. Um, so we've got 10, 10 behaviours, which um, each behavior, different behaviours linked to, to different values. Uh, and they, they kind of sets the benchmark of, of expectations of being a, a RAFA employee and what it means to be a RAFA employee. Um, and it allows us to, to, to coach on these things, uh, assess on, on our behaviours, um and that since the launch they've been they've been amazing and, and really inspiring um so we, we've got a, a, a great film on on our website um which i encourage anyone to be able to to go and listen um watch that that film uh and it'll kind of tell you all about our our behaviors and and, and what they are and where they where they come from and, and why we've why we've got them that's fantastic I'm sure people will um, be going and looking for that because I think that's, uh, you know, that's going to be helpful, whatever um, walk of life you're in. And um, I guess a really important question is, as we know, many industries are being impacted by coronavirus in a perfect world. How will sports brands evolve um, in a world where measurable social and environmental impact and sustainability are becoming ever more important? What what's Rafa doing to um, walk that path? Yes, yeah, it's it's such such a good question. Um, and just as a little caveat, I I wish I could go into much more detail on this of than course. than I'm yeah, probably trained to, yeah. trained to do, <laughs> or, or I have the license to do. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I, it, yeah, this is such an important area, isn't it? I think yeah, um, on on a, on a personal note purely from my personal view we all have a, a duty to look um after the environment of course and and be aware of the part that we we play um and there, there are brands out there um patagonia is the one that always comes to people's minds uh, when they're talking about sustainability and um and they do think so many things so well um and, and rafa we have really been taking a look at ourselves um over the past um year or so uh, and we actually have a sustainability manager uh, working working at Rafa yes. uh, who is who is doing um, an amazing amazing job um, holding the business to account setting some great great goals um, we've got a sustainability statement um, on our website which goes through a lot of details about what we're hoping hoping to achieve so I think it's definitely something that we're going to be uh, that we're going to be talking about much more and sharing details on much more and um and yeah the main thing at this stage is that it's it's something that we really really care about and we're really passionate about as a as a brand yeah because it, it it's something that is it's such a broad term and you can apply it in so many different ways when you talk about sustainability because it's also about the longevity of the clothing that you're creating 
Um, it's about reducing waste. It's about supporting the um, supply chain that you work with. There's so many elements. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's so many elements, and there's a, there's a part to play in each of each and every step, isn't mm. there? And some things maybe are slightly on on the things on the most marketable things. It might not be the True. things that you shout about, um, but they're also so important. They're integral, um, but they're the little, yeah. they're the important details that that have to happen behind the scenes to enable other things to take place. Yeah, yeah. Connecting tissues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Okay, um, and in the world of Rafa, what is to come? Is there something that you can share with us that? is exciting that people will go oh i can't wait for that uh oh you've set me up you've set me up there man. Uh, there must be yeah, one I thing think, you can tell us oh no there's <laughs> rafa is it's it's a very dynamic company there's always lots going on lots of new things um i think like we're heading into our, as you said our next autumn winter season so there's always yes. new products on the horizon and there's going to be lots launching from from now okay. um the we're, we're moving into um starting a mountain bike range which is kind of a completely new part um of of the business that's exciting um, which which is exciting yeah um yeah it's kind of from from next year uh oh, wow and is that the clothing or the bikes or both uh it'll be uh some sort of just the clothing um as, as far as i know nice um but yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's part of a new world within cycling. Um, yes. That, that, that knows kind of difference between road and, and mountain bike. But Yeah, totally. Um, it's, yeah, that's going to be re- really amazing, amazing to see um, and where that, where that takes us. And probably actually, I think there's a bit of a gap in the market there from a mountain, on the mountain biking side. There's lots of mountain biking enthusiasts. It will be very interesting to see Rafa enter that market. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're, we're really ex- excited for it. Yeah. Um, so that's, there's, there's, a, there's a gap there, which we've kind of seen and we're looking Excellent. forward to see what, what, comes, what comes from it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then my closing question is, you know, for anyone thinking of ty- taking up cycling or using cycling as a more prevalent way of getting around, what are the top three benefits and how can Rafa product help? Yeah, I think the benefits of cycling are are spoken about so so readily, but that but that's why they're so important, and that's why cycling is so so great. So I think like if you're wanting to start commuting or um, or, or starting to look at cycling a bit more recreationally or anything, I, I first of all I encourage you to do it. Get out your old bike as if you've done as you've done Fiona. Um, just do what I did. Yes, get the can of WD forty out. Just spray it yeah. everywhere and clean the bike up, and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> uh, there's nothing that a, w, a can of WD forty can't fix, and um, and I think you can have some have some great fun. But like, yeah, the increased fitness is is one of the amazing benefits. If you're commuting, it's the best way to um start and end end a day um you blow all the cobwebs out don't you when you when you get out and you cycle it just takes everything away and you just come back feeling refreshed yeah absolutely that that's that's so true and um one of the things that personally i i love about it is it allows you to see 
much more of the area that you're in if you're in a yes. if you're in a city and you normally commute by tube or um uh, by train to be able to be on a bike you see so much more of the city around you True. um if you're wanting to get out on on bikes at the weekend to go out 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 of your town and be able to experience new areas as as was one of the, the most amazing benefits um and then of course as well we were talking about sustainability and environmental impacts cycling is such a great way to help get the number of cars off off the road um and and, and help reduce reduce pollution and and then in terms of rafa products i think our, our aspiration at rafa is to make the best cycling products on 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 the market so um with a rafa product you're buying the the years of research and development that goes into those products yeah um the innovative designs um and and the unique styling that that each um rafa product yeah because um, you've got with. the comfort the fit you've got the suitability for end use and you've got something that isn't going to fall apart within a few seasons you're probably going to have your rafa piece for you know for quite a few years and you probably won't look to update it for you know quite a few years you might add additions but yeah you'll always be able to carry on wearing everything it isn't going to fall apart yeah yeah that's that's, that's right important. <laughs> yeah no that's yeah that's and it's so breathable <laughs> yeah yeah the, yeah the technical aspects of, of, of some of our products are um are, are amazing and that's kind of all part of what what makes what makes our our products really great yeah no totally absolutely and i think also i'd add another thing the community the fact that there is this this huge community that you can tap into if you want to yeah i think that's yeah you, you're right You've, i've missed off one of the, the most important things yeah right? particularly like, at the moment um, where everybody's felt so isolated at home and where we are not able to go back to our normal office routines we are all having to be more home-based so I, I kind of feel like the fact that you come as a brand with a community that people can also be part of is a huge advantage at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've got the RCC, um, our, our global cycling club. Um, so straight away, you're becoming a community of 17,000 members. And throughout lockdown, people, our RCC members were riding together virtually on, on Zwift. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're completely completely right that that's that is what Rafa is all about is that is the community um and being part of it whether it's buying our products or um visiting our clubhouses or being an rcc member um or being at an event anything is your your part of that that that, that community yeah that's and i think that's so invaluable because i think one of the things we've learned from the pandemic is the value of community collaboration and communication yeah yeah, yeah, that is that's 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 completely right, and I think, um, yeah, hopefully the things that we've we've, we've discussed have kind of helped um, say how see how Rafa's done those those three C's that you've that you've said. Yeah, um, definitely, and I think it's really interesting for people to hear this because I think one of the themes also I've noticed through the Raw Talent series, um, the emphasis from people of all levels of experience on emotional intelligence and. The importance of communication and i think um you've kind of touched on those subjects really effectively yeah yeah it's great and it's yeah it's been great to be able to um to come on and, and share some of yeah. my, my experiences and um 
Yeah, yeah, so thank you. Thank you very much for Oh, having my me. pleasure. Thank you for being a guest today. It's been lovely to have you. I'm sure we'll do it again. Yes, yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's hope so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. Um, and uh, yes, we will, uh, we'll keep talking. Ashley takes us on a journey from university where he studied social science into the insurance industry where he discovered it might not be quite the right fit. Encouraged by others to make an early change, he took a leap of faith and started a conversation with Papa with the intention of linking his love of cycling with a possible career. A position in HR became available a year later and Ashley has been steadily embracing a role that involves cross-functional communication throughout the business along with continual learning and embracing new initiatives. Culture with Big at Rafa and Ashley shares how emotional intelligence is a key personality trait when hiring, a theme we have heard echoed throughout the Raw Talent series, but fascinating to hear about as a priority within a brand at a time where a light is being shone on well-being, courtesy of a global pandemic. Ashley champions Rafa's behavioural values, which inspire their culture namely love the sport, make it part of your life, inspire others, lead by example, suffer, good enough isn't, and think for yourself, be proactive always. He explains how as a business they live and breathe cycling. We hear how the pandemic has impacted them as a global business in unexpected ways, how they are managing to keep the company cycling through clever new initiatives, and we discovered that they are launching a highly anticipated mountain biking range in 2021. If you enjoyed this episode, join me next time when I will be speaking with Chloe Tupper, life and business coach and champion to entrepreneurs. And if you are enjoying the series, hit the subscribe button to receive notifications on upcoming episodes where you'll get to hear first-hand insights from across the global fashion and creative industries. 